Welcome to The Uncomfortable Truth. I'm Alan Weiss. This episode is Life and Death Struggle. And here's what happened. About a week before I am recording this, I went outside to the front of the house. My wife said, don't let the dogs out. But as she said that, my shepherd was heading head over heels for the uh, truck to try to get a ride. And my smaller dog, our Cavapoo, ran down to the water to chase the ducks. We have white ducks here. They do not fly. And the pond was partially iced over. It's about a two-acre pond. And we lost sight of the dog for a few minutes. And when we went to look for her, I was afraid she'd gone under, but I felt the pond and the ice was solid. She couldn't have gone under. Then we heard the whining. And about 50 yards away, there she was hanging on to the edge of the ice. She had chased the ducks across the ice. They jumped in the water. She threw on the brakes, insufficient braking power. And she wound up in the water. So her bottom half and hind legs were in very frigid water and her front legs were holding her head above it. So I was afraid of hypothermia for her and I kept yelling to her to get her attention and I plunged into the water. I didn't think about it. I was fully dressed, had my iPhone in my pocket and my wallet in my pocket and in I went. And on the bottom of this pond, which is about five feet deep at its deepest, there is a primordial ooze from 80 billion leaves that have fallen in over the last 50 years. And I slowly tried to wade out like a a human icebreaker. And I wanted to put myself flat on the ice. I heard that was an easier way to do it. But when I tried to lie flat on the ice, I simply went through it. It was thick enough to hold a puppy or a duck, but not thick enough to hold me. And as I waded out, about 25 yards out, maybe a little less than halfway to her, I found that I wasn't making progress by feet. It was now only by inches. And the water was frigid. So my wife was yelling, get out of the water, I'll call 911. And meanwhile, my German shepherd comes back from the truck, hates water, but he saw I was struggling and bless his heart, he jumped in to try to save me. So as I continue to yell to the puppy, I'm at a standstill. I hear the sirens and four police cars come up our driveway. I think there are only six on duty in East Greenwich at any one time. My wife yells for Bentley to get out of the water, and he does. A cop throws me a line and slowly hauls me back in. And then I see a fire engine pull up on the other side of the woods that we own, and a firefighter came down in an all-weather suit. A firefighter went into the water, waded across, got to the puppy, who promptly bit the firefighter, unfortunately, but the firefighter got the puppy back up on the ice. The puppy bit bit him again, but trotted down the ice and up to the land and seemed to be fine. So the firefighter needed some stitches uh, at the hospital. Uh, I had to go upstairs. I, was, I weighed about 400 pounds at that point, completely soggy. And uh, I came back down and they took my vitals. Uh, they did an EKG and, and they did my blood pressure and so forth, my heart rate. And I was fine. I, I refused treatment uh, further than that to go to a hospital. I was fine. We took the puppy to an emergency medical center for animals and she was pronounced fine. It turns out dogs deal with hypothermia better than people do. And so that evening, as my wife and I are going out for dinner in the dark at around 6.30, over our bridge at the edge of the pond, we see a woman with a tripod and a a camera, a video camera. And I said, who are you? And she said, I'm from ABC News. And uh, we thought this would be a a real feel-good story. She said, as long as you're here, would you agree to an interview? I said, well, sure, if we want to make the fire department and the police heroes, they deserve to be. And we invited her back to the house. She took video of the dog. She interviewed me on camera. And after we came back from dinner, we saw a teaser at about 9 o'clock saying, Life and Death Struggle in East Greenwich, News at 11. 
you know, film at 11. And at 11 o'clock, the lead story on ABC News here wasn't the impeachment. It wasn't about trade problems with China or this new coronavirus or whatever it is, coronavirus. It was about me and the dog in the pond, and they turned it into a life and death struggle, a sensationalist piece. I guess this reporter wants to get more to a major market, or maybe it was a slow news day. So what does this tell us? And by the way, I was in all the papers the next day, both the Providence Journal and the local paper, and again, they'd copied it, life and death struggle, although they got most of the facts wrong. You know, reporting, I guess, is not very exciting, You have to create drama and create threat because that makes it exciting. And in fact, I went down to New York a day or two later, and in New York and Connecticut, where they were playing the news on major media down there, over that weekend, about 25 reports came in about people going through ice and animals going through ice. And unfortunately, there were two or three youngsters who were were killed. They died going through the ice. They couldn't be retrieved in time. That's the tragedy not getting someone out safely who really wasn't in that serious trouble. Overdramatizing is a terrible distortion. <clears throat> I received a thousand good wishes. I put it in my Monday morning memo. I got over 10 times, maybe a hundred times. I don't know the response a typical Monday morning memo would get. I heard from people all over the globe, people I hadn't heard from in years, and people who unbelievably, I didn't know would even follow this stuff. We went to dinner last night, which was a week later, and the waiter in the restaurant says, how's Coco, the dog who went in? You know, we had the impeachment, and uh, it said it was a solemn date for the Republic in, in the Times, and the Times said the United States reels as the impeachment begins. Well, when I was in New York, no one was reeling. No one was in bad shape. The impeachment was just another fact of life, and most people were saying it was boring as hell. But that was the Times' take on it. They were trying to dramatize things. Words today such as great and dismal and catastrophic and so on are overused. The media is trying to create excitement so they can sell advertising, so they can improve their ratings, and not necessarily reporting facts. Facts are often boring. So if you can't trust the news, whom can you trust? It's not that it's wrong reporting, it's that it's biased reporting and distorted reporting, but it's done on purpose. Organizationally, it's about corporate media success. Individually, it's about a reporter maybe moving to a larger market or getting a better assignment or becoming an anchor, I don't know. But why else, folks, do we need full body shots of female reporters in stiletto heels and short skirts to report a story where they could be behind a desk or to report on traffic where they could be pointing at a map or reporting the weather when they could be talking about clouds and isobars. Why do we need these women done up like donuts with full body shots? What is that about? And why is it agreed to? Five seconds on camera with David Muir. You ever watch ABC Evening News? He'll interview a female reporter who needn't be in the studio with him. They do 20 seconds. They needn't be there, but they are. And the last shot is on the other side of his desk with the female reporter, again, with a short skirt and heels and done up like a donut. Why do we do that? You tell me. This all makes Animal Farm seem honest to me. 
the writing on the side of the barn wall. The true life and death struggle isn't about Coco and me. It's about honesty. It's about fair reporting. That, my friends, from dry land is the uncomfortable truth. <laughs> <laughs>